So drill down on Ferrix, find this thief, and then what? Identify Axis. They escaped together. It's the first best lead we've had. Supervisor Miro has convinced me that this Axis has been nimble in spreading his activities across the galaxy. And no, we don't know who he is, nor do we know the scope of our problem. The little we are aware of is already troubling. Ferrix was a mistake. It's the first one he's made. Drill down is exactly what I want to do, sir. Drill down, find Andor, and get a hunt started. Once again, Bucketheads, Mavar Chigar. Welcome to the 179th Imperial Prison Complex eluding episode of Mandavision, Nargai Tom. And thank you so much for checking out this small independent Star Wars podcast. We're so glad you're here. Remember, the best way to find us is, of course, on social media. We are at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. Please email the show, MandavisionTom at gmail.com. Be sure to like, subscribe, share, follow this show with all... <laughs> the Mandalorians in your covert. I said that backwards, and it just came out. It came out wrong, and it hit the ear funny. I didn't like it, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Be sure to like, subscribe, follow, and share this show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. Welcome back to another Andor Wednesday. We're here to discuss what are we on episode eight of Andor. It's just been flying by. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't hurt that they drop three at the very beginning. So we're already to eight, uh, and and we're we're getting ready to hit the home stretch here. The the the, the we're in the middle of the, of the third arc of this first season. And if this episode were to have a subtitle, again, it's just Narcana 5, but they might as well call this episode The Empire Strikes Back because this is them using, but just putting the galaxy in a chokehold and like not letting up, just, just wrenching the neck on the, across the carotid artery of the galaxy. And it doesn't feel good. And and at the center of all of this is our is our is our main man Cassian Andor, uh, who is nowhere to be found, but not for good reasons. <laughs> There's, <laughs> and we're gonna talk all about that. Uh, this is like a really heavy heavy episode of the show, as as you know the fallout of the Aldhani heist is still being felt across the galaxy. The Empire is still responding. The Empire is is still lashing out in retaliation. Uh, it's being felt, and this is just what Luthen wanted, but he wants more of it. He needs the suffering. And we'll talk about his his plight 
what the things that he says, his 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 uh his 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 face to face meeting with a, a very important figure, uh, and and you know it, it's it's really it's it's this is a very complex Star Wars show, and I'm here for all of it. But again, this shows that like the rebels weren't always good guys. You know, like a lot of bad things had to be brought about, to, a lot of suffering had to be doled out by the actions of the early rebels to sort of inspire more rebellion in the galaxy. Uh, it's, it's, it's a really fascinating look at, at, at sort of what it takes to, to bring about um, insurgency, rebellion, whatever you want to call it, uh, revolution, uh, if, if you want to be, have like the more noble aspect of it. Uh, it, it it's fascinating. It's fascinating to see it, it sort of explored in, in, in the Star Wars galaxy in this way, in this light. Uh, because, yeah, I mean, our, our, our supposed heroes, um, they, again, I've, it's, it's a reference I've made before, covered in the muck. They're just, they got, their, their hands aren't clean either, you know. It's not quite the, the noble uh, uh, revolution that we all had in our minds as children watching Star Wars for the first time. But that doesn't make it any less interesting. It's fascinating stuff they're doing on the show, and, and I'm here for it. So let's go ahead and get our particulars out of the way for the episode, all right? This is Andor, Episode 8, Narkina 5. Original air date today, October 26, 2022. The episode is directed by Toby Haynes and written by Bo Willeman, uh, another, another uh, uh, writer of the highest caliber, a, a, a writer known for writing very dramatic television series, uh, uh, including House of Cards. So, so seeing this person come over and, and do put their, their uh, touch into, into Star Wars and into a, sh a show that, like, again, Andor's a bit of a slow burn show. So having writers who know how to do that, how to dole out the slow burn material, I think is really coming into play here. And it's, it's being done very effectively in this show. So another great, uh, uh, well-scripted, intense, you know, tension-filled episode of the show, despite the fact that there's not a lot of, of, of action action going on. But, I mean, just the tension in these scenes as, as again, um, the Empire is leaning into that chokehold they're putting on everybody is just felt in every scene across the, uh, across the, the, the show with all of our characters from the different perspectives that our characters provide for us. And, and uh, it's, it's just really fascinating to see that played out. So, again, our plot this week. The Empire catches up to Cassian, but are as yet unaware of his identity and past. So, hey now, we are, we're, we are picking up pretty much right where Episode 7 leaves off. And uh, uh, this week, joining our, our principal characters, Diego, our principal cast, I should say, of Diego Luna, Stellan Skarsgård, Genevieve O'Reilly, I've got a, a couple of new friends to play in Star Wars. Well, one returning friend and one new friend. I'm a, when it comes to referring our returning friend, I am, of course, talking about Forrest Whitaker returning as Saw Gerrera in this episode. And, and our new friend, Andy Serkis. Again, not a new friend, I suppose, in, in, the, in the broader sense. I mean, he was doing the mocap suit for, uh, um, I already blanked on that character's name because I was so annoyed with him. <laughs> but the one in the sequel trilogy, the JJ's. So, Circus is back, too. It's all connected. Everyone gets to come back. But this time we get to see Andy Circus's face. No mocap suit this time around. And, yeah, there you go. So, I take it back. No new faces. I don't know why it didn't click that Circus hadn't, wasn't in Star Wars before, but it did as I said it. <laughs> so, at least I didn't have to go back and fix that. All right. So, let's go ahead. Let's get into our episode. And you know what it means. It's that time. Strap on your buckets. Let's go. Your length of stay has been predetermined. The quality of that time 
will be up to you. Now, those who've been incarcerated before will be surprised by the calm, sanitary conditions and our minimally invasive enforcement techniques. Well, I'm sure some, if not all of you, are wondering how we risk standing before you with our weapons. It's a potent question. And hopefully one you won't need to have answered very often, but... You may start. That was level one of three. Our floor is a tungstoid steel. Do your time productively, keep to your lane, and this needn't be more than a memory. Oh, the tungstoid steel floors of Narkina 5. Holy smokes. So yeah, now we get a really good look in a way that we've never really gotten to explore in, 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 in previous Star Wars entries uh, at the prison system of the Empire. And again, I think it's a lot of it's you know, based around where planet we're on and the different techniques of the of the officers in charge and what each prison is all about. This one obviously doesn't maintain itself as a prison. It's it's a it's a factory facility. You know, you're just imperial labor now. That's that's sort of what you are now in, in that sense. Yes, you have a you have a sentence and you're working off your sentence. Uh, but we we really get to explore some of the uh, we'll just call them not cool techniques <laughs> that the empire employs uh so that they they don't even have to be, have watchtowers and and massive guard duty stations and and things like this you know they they're not on constant patrol they figured out a system that has the inmates policing themselves and then you have this tungstoid steel that 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 is is there as sort of like the the negative reinforcement right like when you step out of line, there's always a tungstoid steel. You can't go anywhere. You're barefoot. You will always be in contact with this tungstoid steel floor. Now, our Imperial agents, I do have to mention their impressive footwear. Uh, 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 if, you, if you always wondered what to do when you have a bunch of snowboarding boots, uh, you sell them to Disney, and they put them in a Star Wars show. <laughs> because that was my first impression when I saw this. Like, hey, what are the, what are these office imperial guys wearing these snowboarding boots for? <laughs> and I guess it's because like they have a, a lot of insulation to protect them from the the uh, a frying process of when when you turn on that tungstoid steel floor and, and just start just frying people's nervous systems right out of their bodies. Uh, holy smokes! But it, it, it's there. I this is one of those episodes. Where there are elements of the show where I do not feel qualified to 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 sound off on certain things, you know, there's there is a lot of material out there uh, on the the prison industrial complex of the United States that I think this episode is is trying to, uh, well, not even just the United States, globally, like prison systems across the world uh, use a lot of these similar techniques, and and the the empires of course takes it to like the next level, right? It's it's up a degree. But the sort of the sort of uh, psychology that's involved in some of these situations, uh, it really ex explores a lot of. of uh, again, I'm, I'm hesitating to find the right word because I don't want to overstep my my the sort of boundaries that I put on myself. Because again, I'm not an expert on on psychology or the psychology of, of prisoners. <laughs> the, not my it's not my strong point. But look at the mind games that are being doled out. The way that when we meet Andy Serkis' character, the way he sort of is is like 
rallying these guys because it's all about performance, right? You get performance, you get flavored food. How cool is that? And Andy Serkis has only got a few days, you know, a, a, a short term, and he's got to make sure production's up. So these guys all pretty, pull, are policing themselves. The Empire doesn't even have to do anything. It, it, it's 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 sort of like this just crazy system where everyone's out for themselves and will betray each other, but they're forced to work in teams to accomplish goals and get rewards. Um, mind games. That's where I'm going to leave that statement. Uh, and, and it's interesting to watch Andor throughout this episode as he sort of, you know, he gets there. He's, he's watching things. He's trying to learn. He's figuring out the system, right? He finds out that there's a way that uh, the, the prisoners in certain pods and certain levels of the detention center are communicating with each other via signs across the way from each other. That, that's a really fascinating scene. So it looks like, you know, we get to the idea that Cassian, when he first gets there, is trying to figure out, wrap his mind around the, the insides, the in and outs of, of this prison, right? How is he going to make his escape? How is he going to get out of here? Um, but he sort of gets beaten down by the process, right? Like, it sort of seems like an unavoidable situation. And I think at a certain point, because, we, again, we get, for the first time, we get a bit of a time jump in this episode by towards the end of the episode when we go 30 days into his sentence. And he's just kind of plugging along, doing his work. And, and, and it sort of seems like maybe he's he's sort of relented and and he's like I just have to serve my sentence this is what I'm doing and then maybe this like psychology is having an effect on him right these mind games that they play doing well at your tasks and getting menial rewards for said tasks seems like maybe it's having an impact on him now some some prisoners again the mind games you're uh, the, the 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 mind can only take so much and and we, we see a prisoner decide to uh, end it all by by stepping on that tungsten the tungstoid steel floor one night and ending it all for himself no longer can't play the mind games can't take the stress you know the idea of being pitted against your fellow inmates for rewards because again the team that doesn't do the best they're going to get a punishment too uh so so a lot going on in, in this prison system that they have going on on narkina 5 and it's an interesting way to kind of remove andor from the events that he sort of has kicked off with the Aldhani heist, uh, but effectively taking him out of the game. But he's still feeling the consequences of his actions because this is all in response to the Aldhani heist, these in more intense sentences, the, the prisoners that are uh, uh, up in arms because their sentences have been increased due to the new, the, the poured protocols that went into effect after the Aldhani heist by the ISB. So there, there's a lot of fallout happening, uh, and it's being felt. We're, we're seeing it in the prison system from Cassian's perspective because that's where he is. Now, again, remember, he's, under the, he's there under his alias. He's, remember, he was just a tourist, and he had that, the name Kif. He's going under the name Kif. No one knows he's Cassian Andor yet. The Empire, despite the fact that they spend the rest of the episode looking for Cassian Andor, has no idea that he's already in custody of the Empire. They, they're, and again, this is sort of... This is sort of a statement on its own, and I, th I suspect we'll spend more time talking about this in the next episode, in the third episode of this arc, uh, about sort of the flaws isn't the word I want to go with, but when there's so much bureaucracy, <laughs> when there's redundancy on top of redundancy on top of redundancy, and, 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 and sections, departments uh, maybe don't have the most effective measures of communication with one another, uh, these are the sort of things that can slip through the cracks, right? You would you would imagine you put Cassian Andor's face into a visual 
some sort of visual, uh, facial recognition system, right? You're going to get a hit on this guy named Kiff who was arrested off on the, the beach planet and is now on Narkina 5, and you, problem solved. But no, 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 we're, we're sort of seeing how big the bureaucracy of the Empire is, that the sort of giant imperial machine uh, is just so massive that it, it, it doesn't even know when it has the person it's looking for in its clutches already. Uh, so there, there, there's something sort of amusing about that fact. And as we see through the rest of this episode with our other point-of-view characters, uh, uh, Andor, despite the fact that he, he may think things can't get any worse for him personally, uh, odds are <laughs> him being out in the galaxy right now would not be good for him because he has everyone out for him. And, and we're talking about his friends on, on Ferex. We're talking about the Empire, the ISB in particular. Uh, we are talking about Luthen and, 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 and Sela at Clea, right? Clea, sorry. Or is it Sela? Maybe they, maybe they say it right differently. I'm trying to remember how they said it now. I, I'm tripping myself up. But regardless, even the Rebellion is out to get him. And we, we, we sort of dispelled the idea that I had last week that, that, that she was operating without Luthen's instructions. But no, no, no. They want, they want Andor off the board. He knows too much, and it's time for time for him to go. <laughs> so, Andor probably safer in prison right now than he would be in the galaxy at large, and that's very very interesting to me. So so yeah, when you get a chance, if you watch the episode for a second or third time this this weekend, you know really really take note of of what this show is saying about um, about the prison system, not just here in the United States, but but I think this applies to a lot of the the major. Um, um, uh, uh, major powers, world powers. I think uh, it would be fair to say. I mean, I just, you know, it's not quite as bad as like a gulag, right? But <laughs> the, the the psychology that goes into um, prisoner management in this case is uh, pretty fascinating, in, in not a good way. I mean, in a very dark, twisted kind of way. So, so think about that. So now we'll transition to uh, our ISB. Friends, I use that word, uh, finger quotes. <laughs> Our ISB agent, Deidre Marrow, Supervisor Marrow, uh, and now she is on the case trying to track down Cassian Endor, and she it's happened. She has brought in Cyril Karn, and they're going to have a conversation in this episode. We find out that, that Blevins has sort of suppressed Karn's initial reports to what happened on Ferrix, and now it's time for Karn to relay the truth. So he has a, he has the attention of an ISB officer, finally, so he can get, get the truth out there. Now, the reason why he's been brought to the ISB's attention is very fascinating because he's been using his new position at the Imperial uh, Bureau, Bu Standards Bureau, Bureau of Standards, uh, to submit requests for information on Cassian Andor. Uh, up to, I think this is was five or six times now, and it, it finally got flagged. And Miro brought him in, basically to chastise him for it. But this is when Karn reveals that uh, the previous supervisor of that sector, of, of you know Morlana and everything like that, uh, again suppressed his information, had a false report signed off on by Karn by against his will, and Miro uses this to fuel more of her beliefs, more of her suspicions of what's going on, this organized rebellion that's taking place. And we heard it in the opening clip that we played for the show. Uh, they've now given a name to Luthen. They call him Axis because of the way he's moving about and bringing these various elements together. Uh, so they now have a figurehead, and they now know he was on Ferex because of what Karn is telling them. 
and the information again Karn is sort of confirming all the theories that Marrow has had all this time but she's not willing to bring Marrow on uh, excuse me she's not willing to bring Karn onto her team just yet despite the fact that he believes himself to be quite useful let's go ahead and check out this exchange between the two I was a good deputy inspector That was very good. I solved a double murder and found the killer in two days. It was overly ambitious, yes, but time was slipping away and the opportunity was real. Service to the Empire. You just said it. Can one ever be too aggressive in preserving order? I didn't deserve what happened. I wish you luck. I'm running late. It's clear you need Andor in order to find his partner. It's also clear that whatever this is, is more important than the death of two corporate security guards. It could be a valuable asset going forward. Raise the alarm one more time, and it won't be me you're speaking to. Forget this happened. There you go. Very, very interesting stuff between these two. I still believe Karn will become an agent of Marrow's at some point. But something has to happen first to bring to, to highlight Karn's usefulness to her, I believe. And we're not there just yet. But who knows what's to happen next because <laughs> there's a lot going on this episode. But these two finally come together. And again, Karn provides the information to support a lot of Marrow's theories now. And she's about to put boots on the ground. She's, as in her terms, drill down, find Cassie and Endor, put a face to uh, who they're calling Axis, a.k.a. Luthen, and and nip this you know budding rebellion before it can blossom, right? That's sort of what the plan here is. A lot of great stuff with Marrow. I, I've, I've talked about how much I've enjoyed her, her storyline thus far uh, because uh, what's the best way to say it without sounding ridiculous? <laughs> we know the Empire's bad. Like, that's that's... That's what we know, right? They're the bad guys. But there's something fascinating about seeing uh, this, again, the, the, the sort of bureaucratic level of the Empire hard at work doing their jobs and, and, and sort of trying to protect the order, protect what they think the Empire stands for and what the Empire believes in, right? Like order, protecting the galaxy. There's the, in their minds, there's peace. In their minds, they're preserving the peace. They're defending the galaxy. They're defending order and all these things. Uh, and it's, it's, it's sort of fascinating to see that uh, from a different level than, than, than what the movies has kind of given us as like these very broad strokes uh, where, where the, the, the good and evil thing is a, little bit, is, is a lot more clearly defined, I should say. Uh, uh, here, there's, this is a show. It's not black and white. There's a lot of grays. You know, the Empire is still bad. And, and, and at the end of this episode, you know, we, we see that Deidre Mero is not above, you know, forceful extraction of information from prisoners. Not a good thing. But I'm fascinated to see her resolve. It, it, it's, it's her tenacity. Uh, and not in like an over, overtly villainous way, right? At least, at least thus far. We haven't seen her go and be, you know, do the full uh, heel turn and, and just be super bad villain killing innocents, blah, 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 all the, all the, you know, the kind of the cliche things. I sort of like following this character who believes in what they're doing for the betterment of the galaxy, right? For the betterment of the Empire. We'll see 
what links that goes to if, if that changes at some point. But I like that that thus far she's not an overtly bad person, bad villainous character. It, it's just been a it, you're just intrigued by by their journey, by by what they're up against and what they're again sort of like her tenacity. Like you're again you're not rooting for her because she's looking for Andrew to do bad things to him. But there's something about her drive that I'm just like I'm I'm just again I, can't, I just can't take my eyes off of this aspect of the storyline. I like seeing uh, the dogged determination of this character to root out uh, the rebellion because they think it's so bad. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I don't know what this is about me, but I'm enjoying this aspect of the episode quite a bit, or of the show quite a bit. So there you have that. But yeah, Deidre Marrow, and she gets a lot of things going on. She kicks off a lot of big things at the end of this episode, and we'll, we'll talk about them more towards the end of the episode. So again, we're spending a lot of time with Cassian uh, on on uh, Narkina Five. We're seeing more of him under learning the system that he's now in, in, been in, in stalled into, uh, and and sort of making himself fit into it. It's, it's very very interesting. Again, the way that he sort of seems to be uh, adapting to it, molding to it, accepting of these menial rewards for doing good work. Um, but I, again, you just don't know. I just don't know if Cassian is is playing like a con here. Uh, if he's look, if he's looking to to play along, to get along, so that uh, he can lull them into some sort of false sense of security. But it doesn't, you know. It, again, he's he's paid attention. He's been watching things, but I don't think he's figured out a way to get out just yet. Uh, and maybe they'll take some sort of inciting incident to make that happen. Uh, and who's to say what it would be because again as they establish in this episode not a lot of information makes it to these prisoners you know they don't understand exactly what's going on what's happening why their sentences were extended why their sentences were changed so they're trying to get information from him because he was the guy who was last out but he's not saying anything about any of that all right so again we're, we're down there in this prison system and, and we're seeing uh, uh, what that means to people that are stuck in the prison system of the empire uh, and, and then we juxtapose it with Mon Mothma and and uh, uh, her banker boy Tay, and they're 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 discussing things too because again they're ramifications from Althani that are affecting everybody, and 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 Tay has come to sort of relay some of the frustrations that he's now encountering uh, as he has um, again just started to have problems with. W- all of Mon Mothma's requests, right? So, so again, Take Home was our banking friend character that we met last week. Uh, we are at another highfalutin fancy party that Mon Mothma's throwing. Again, we're seeing the, the Coruscant elite, the 1%, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and again, that's a wonderful uh, compare and contrast between where we're seeing Andor. Everyone's you know down in the prison system from the lowest levels all the way up to the, the, the top of the, the skyscrapers in Coruscant. And I, I, I think that's does a lot and she's throwing this party to, to sort of galvanize trying to galvanize votes to stop another palpatine's initiatives that just goes too far but as we find out from tay in this clip um the ramifications of aldhani are being felt by everyone i was hoping you'd come i wish i had better news i'm about to get very busy the new banking regulations are making life difficult Difficult or impossible? I don't know. They're staffing up Imperial auditors by the week. We'll have to see where they place them. Well, is there anything we can do before they start? That has its own risks. Leader. 
So there you go. We'll stop it right there. But you know, the reason why Mon Mothma wanted to bring Tay into this was to to ease up the uh, to have someone else who could move money around for her to fund rebel activities, right? To to sort of fund what Luthen is trying to do, the network that they were trying to build for rebellion, right? To to all the various things that, that Mon Mothma bought into that Luthen convinced her about. But the new regulations are having a really drastic effect on everybody. The Empire, really, again, that chokehold, just choking the life out of people. And <laughs> right before that sequence, though, there is a wonderful exchange uh, as, as Take Wholesome enters the room. Uh, and Mon Mothma and, and Perrin, her husband, are having a conversation. And, and as, as Perrin's excusing himself to go get something to eat... Uh, I don't. I'm not gonna re- repeat the lines or anything like that. But take it gets a like a, a nice little parting shot in, like this very uh, glib jib jab at him that is just so wonderfully delivered. And then uh, you see when when you see the expression on Perrin's face, and again it's just in the background as he sort of turns to look back at Take Wholesome for the for that remark. Uh, wonderful bit of entertainment right there, in my opinion, quite delightful. But yeah, like this episode, a lot of this is 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 Mon uh, trying to figure things out trying to rally support, believing that, that democracy is still in play in the Empire, that she can still get, uh, affect change in, in her normal normal way. Um, again, trying to organize these votes. She's glad-handing. She's pol- being a politician. Uh, we see her daughter sort of marginalized yet again. Uh, parents kind of scheming in his own ways to sort of undermine her a bit. It, it, it's all... And we get a little bit more context in the, into their relationship about how they came to Coruscant. Mon Mothma was a senator at 16. They came to Coruscant. They were married a year before that on Chandrilla, according to traditions, according to customs. So, again, it doesn't seem like it's a marriage out of love. It seemed like a marriage of, of uh, convenience, political uh, ambitions, perhaps, uh, or just an arranged marriage of, of the family that the families put together because that was what was supposed to happen. So it, it doesn't seem like they are there there is any moment of them being the happy couple they've just sort of re, uh, resigned themselves to like this is it and we just do our duty we, we are chandrilla duty bound uh so very very interesting stuff on that level i i hope to continue exploring more of that at some point uh in the series because it, i do find that all very interesting as well um again such it's it's hmm how do i want to phrase this you can't really compare and contrast Mon Mothma to Princess Leia at this point just yet, because by the time Princess Leia is inducted into the rebellion full born, she is full bore, excuse me, she is is, you know, more of the true believer at that point. It's it's more of a, a, a this is what has to be done. Mon has to be brought around to these things. Mon still has to has to live up to appearances. Uh, so she's playing the the dangerous game of of, of living a double life. Uh, and, and Princess Leia does do that, but I think her her double life ends a lot quicker than Mon Mothma's does. So we'll have to see how things shake out. But again, I'm fascinated by this level of the story. So now we'll cut across the galaxy back to Ferrix, where Marva is getting into all kinds of crazy shenanigans on her own uh, with this idea that she's joining the rebellion here. And uh, I think for the first time, we're really kind of seeing Marva... Um, oh, gosh. Uh... Feeling her age, I suppose. She, <laughs> she's again a little. She needs help. She needs a little assistance. You know, B two emo is not not doing the greatest job keeping her out of trouble. 
Uh, and she's finding plenty of mischief on her own, but uh, 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 Bix and friends are taking care of her. And, and uh, yeah, I, I like this little conversation they have about what Marva's getting up to. What was she doing by the hotel? She's obsessed with troopers. She fell trying to pry open the old roots floodgate. She gonna flush them out? No. She wanted to see if the tunnel under the hotel was still open. Why? So the rebellion can sneak in and take them by surprise. Wild stuff. <laughs> so everyone on Ferrick seems to be trying to get their lives back to order, um, back to normal, and whatever that it means, with the Imperial garrison on the planet now. Um, but Marva is is trying to incite rebellion. She's trying to encourage the rebellion to show up and and, and uh, liberate them from from the oppressors. And and it's a uh, it's a fun notion, but it's going to get them into a lot of trouble because uh, Bix is going to take it onto herself to uh, reach out to to Luthen and see if he has any information about you know Andor's whereabouts because the situation with Marva. Andor should know about, even though Bix is the one who drove him off and told him to get lost, get out of here. You know, it's uh, it's, it's, it's you're doing no good here, bud. Beat it. But now everyone's back. Everyone has to backtrack a little bit here because, uh, and again, Cassian wanted to take Marva off planet, but she didn't want to go. She wanted to do this rebellion, and um, it's not going so well. But also on the planet, watching them are Senta and Vel. Uh, dispatched by by Luthen and, and Clea Sila to, <laughs> to to terminate Andor, he knows too much. He has to go. He is what they termed a loose end in the last episode, uh, and they have a fascinating conversation as well. So I want to cue that up for y'all to check out right now too, because that's a very telling one. As we get a lot more insight uh, into their relationship and Sinta's uh, priorities. When it comes to the mission, the 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 the, the goals, the rebellion itself, uh, and how that works with her relationship with Vel. There's a room to rent around the corner. They have a sign up. Can't just stay here. I can. Alone. Two of us would draw too much attention. We'll just stay here and wait. Just hope he shows up. Could be anywhere. This is all we have right now. What's the alternative? Haven't we been apart long enough? It's not about us. After what we've been through. You think the Empire stops to catch its breath? This is a fight to the death, Fel. Who would you say you are? Maybe I'm a rich girl, running away from her family. That's cold. Even for you. I told you up front, the struggle will always come first. We take what's left. That says so much about their relationship. It's unbelievable. Not quite what we thought it was initially. At least Vel's perspective on it is probably far more romantic than Senta's, obviously. Uh, Senta coming across far more fanatical than I think we thought we thought maybe thought she was initially as well. We know her parents were killed by stormtroopers. Um, and... And like she says, the the, the 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 purpose, the cause, it all comes first. Uh, they take what's left, and 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 I I think Cinta would be very good company for Saw Gerrera. They seem like they'd be a, a a wonderful team up right there because uh, she is the hardcore um, 
the Empire must be stopped at all costs person. And again, we get a little insight into Vel. We saw Vel uh, last week when she met up with Sila and, and blended in very nicely uh, in cor- into Coruscant's, you know, upper crust, if you will. And now we find out a little bit about her backstory. Ran away, rich girl who ran away from her parents. Ouch. There's probably more to it than that, but uh, Sento's able to boil it down, and it has the sharp effect that she wanted to have uh, to Vel and to kind of convince her and, and, and remind her that, hey, you knew what the, this was when you got into this with me, and it was always the relationship was secondary to the cause. And uh, I, I, that says a ton about them. And I, I, I don't, I don't want to say I like it because it's not necessarily a, a positive liking thing. But again, just you're seeing just such different levels of, of complexity with all these characters and their motivations and their reasons for doing things. It's all just so fascinating the the way it all the way it all works. And and there's this sort of like this just the layers upon layers of, of complexity that these characters are all going through uh, in in their struggle against the Empire. It's it's just I'm so engaged with it. It's it's been so rewarding to see. All right, so let's go ahead and get uh, let's cut back to Coruscant. Let's check in on uh, Clea and Luthen at the shop. Uh, uh, Bix is making the trying to, attempting to make radio contact, knowing that she probably shouldn't. She's been warned that it probably isn't a good idea, especially now with the stronger Imperial presence. You got to imagine they're monitoring all forms of communication, right? Like, again, all that stuff that that that. Mero that Deidre Mero just put into effect to drill down on Ferrex on the Cassian Endor has got to be coming up here. They have to be listening. They have to be monitoring, right? They take the chance anyways um, because it's worked in the past. Why wouldn't it work now? But the goals have changed. The Aldhani heist has been pulled off, and now Clea and Luthen have very different objectives for what's next. And and and. Uh, Clea and Luthen are going to get into it a little bit here, but it's it's very fascinating. So I want to go ahead and play the sequence too. Check it out. We're shutting down Ferrex. The code, the frequency, all of it. I'm thinking clearly, and you're not. Tell me to shut it down. It's Andor. Knowing he's out there, knowing me, not knowing what he knows. Took him on the Fondor. Was I insane? You were desperate for Aldani to work, and it did. And we'll find him, just not like this. Bell was out hunting. She and Senta. Are they in Ferrix yet? I'll have a listen. We're being extremely careful with it. The woman's name is Bix Kaleen. Bell could have a look, if it's safe. They know what they're doing. I'm not slipping, Leia. I've just been hiding for too long. It's all different now. We're going loud. Vulnerability is inevitable. I'm not sleeping. I know. I just need you to wake up. There's a lot to do. Shut it down. Boom. And there you go. Ending that. But Bix is out there. She's been exposed now. And she's about to get into big, big trouble. But this also sends... Uh, Luthen onto another mission. He's going to make his way out uh, to, to Segramilo, and we're going to have a meetup with some old friends that, uh, hey now. But as I sort of alluded to uh, at the beginning of, the, the, of this episode, uh, this does clear up the fact that, that Luthen does, in fact, want Cassian dead, and that he, it wasn't like a recruitment pitch for the long haul. Like back in episode three, when Luthen and Cassian meet, 
it wasn't all about bringing Cassian over for the cause. It was it was because Cassian had a specific set of skills that that Luthen needed to make the Aldhani heist happen. Uh, and now that he he's done that, it, like as they said last episode, uh, Cassian is a loose end and he needs to be tied up neatly because he knows too much. And as as Clea just said, vulnerability is inevitability, and uh, they have to get to Andor before before the Empire does at this point, right? So that doesn't mean that Luthen's done though. Uh, he's got more plans, more pokers in the fire, if you will. And we're going to meet up with our old friend Saw Gerrera in the next clip. So I'll go ahead and cue that up and we'll have a little conversation about what Luthen and Saw have to say to one another. The old friends together again. And just how wonderful and delightful it is to see uh, Forrest Whitaker back as Saw Gerrera. Uh, a, a younger, <laughs> slightly more vibrant Saw than when we see him in Rogue One. Saw Gerrera is still the extremist, still uh, extremely militant. Uh, and, and the sequence between Luthen and he him open up opens up. Uh, it's, it's a really fun bit of, of dialogue and exchange back and forth between the two uh, as they're attempting to, well, at least Saw is attempting to, to get out of Luthen that uh, it, it was, in fact, Luthen and, and his pocket of re- rebels that pulled off the Aldhani heist. And meanwhile, Luthen's trying to say, oh, no, it's clearly your people. You did that. You're, you know, it, it's, it's this, this whole... Uh, back and forth, kind of kind of verbal sparring, uh, with with playful accusations, uh, and 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 sort of communicating the level of respect they have for one another uh, in the cause against the empire. Uh, a wonderful bit of dialogue. I won't play that section of the conversation, but I do uh, urge you to go back and listen to that to that beat that that those beats in that in that conversation because it is a lot of fun. But let me go ahead and pull up the part that I, I want to play for you. I want to talk about Casa uh, is a man. Yeah. With some beliefs. And we'll just leave it at that. I'll play the clip. Here we go. Let's just keep this simple. I'll take all three deflectors. How much? Well, you meet with Krieger, they're free. You don't, I'll take them elsewhere. I work alone. That's what I'm trying to change. I'm not going to put my people at risk for someone else. We need to pull together, Saul. Whatever our final version of success looks like, there's no chance any of us can make it real on our own. We need the Empire to help. We need them angry. We need them coming down hard. Oppression breeds rebellion. So I, I like this scene because it shows us how far apart we are from a unified rebel front at this point. You know, we're still uh, uh, cells. We're still pockets of resistance to the Empire. Um, Luthen is, is, is attempting to aid and bring these, these factions together. But he's again, you, you're dealing with people like Saw Gerrera who are, uh, again, extremists. In, in many's eyes, fanatical in other eyes, uh, and and again, Saw is is um, stubborn, hard headed. He has his opinions, and he holds on to old grudges. And I want to play a bit more of the sequence because again, this is so full of of good stuff. I want to, I mean, li- listen to the first words out of his mouth here, and in, in response to the idea of teaming up with this this uh, this Krieger dude who wants to blow up the the powerhouse or the <laughs> the power supply station on Spellhouse. Check it out. Krieger's a separatist. My pays a neo-republican. The Gorman Front. The Partisan Alliance. Sectorists. Human cultists. Galaxy partitionists. They're lost. All of them lost. Lost. What are you, Luther? 
and we're going to let Luthan answer that question because it's a very interesting answer. I, I don't have a ton to say about this uh, scene because it's just brilliant. It's it's so fantastically good with such fantastic actors in it, and it's it's really just just putting a, a bow on an insanely heavy dark episode of the show with a lot of complexity to it. Uh, and again, we're we're seeing the struggles of bringing the Rebel Alliance together here. Um, you know, it has to be more about ideals and platitudes, right? And and this is an I, Luthen's answer to this question is so fascinating to me. Uh, and 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 we'll talk about it on the other side. I've never really known. What are you? I'm a coward. I'm a man who's terrified the Empire's power will grow beyond the point where we can do anything to stop it. I'm the one who says we'll die with nothing if we don't put aside our petty differences. Pity? I am the only one with clarity of purpose. <laughs> well, anarchy is a seductive concept. A bit of a luxury, I'd argue, to a man who's hiding in cold caves and begging for spare parts. <laughs> no sale today, Luther. Good luck with Anto Krieger. And there you have it. <laughs> nah, it doesn't go Luthen's way on this account. But again, that's what happens when you deal with hardliners like Saw Gerrera. Saw will not interact with, with separatists, with partisans, with neo-republicans, as he calls them. All these different groups, all these different factions, but they're all different ideologies. And, and Saw says himself, I am a man with clarity of purpose. Saw's going to fight the Empire with his, till his dying breath. And that's that. And, uh, and uh, again, you have to respect the man who's not willing to risk the lives of his own people for, for uh, uh, the sake of, of working with others that he has no respect for and, and no trust in, like Anto Krieger, as he says, a separatist. He still views people in those terms. So why would he risk the lives of his people to do something for that person who was a separatist? Uh, it, it's fascinating to, to explore the divides between those who are trying to a fight against the empire and and against the the tyranny of the empire, uh, it's 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 just rich and compelling in the words of Ron Burgundy. It, it really really is, um, <laughs> and just it, it sort of puts a, a little bit of a bow on this episode of the show, um, with with the one minor exception, which is which is Bix meeting. Uh, Deidre Mero. Uh, and Deidre Mero playing some mind games of her own as, as they leave her friend uh, in the room. <laughs> There's a, it's a great mental manipulation. Uh, I'm going to try and play the sequence here. Let me get it queued up. All right, you may hear a little bit of uh, some, some noise from the scene, but here we go. She's on her way up. Would you like us to clear the room? No. I want her to see him. What are you doing? Get him out of here. Quickly. You two, with me. Now! Uh, 
Hello, Bix. So the mind games have begun. Uh, as, as Pax had been arrested the night before, hauled away. Lots of intensive questioning. And again, this is where we're going to start to see how far is Deidre Mero going to go to preserve the law and order of the Empire, right? This is where I want to see uh, in the next episode, does she go full villain mode? Again, forceful extraction. This is not looking good on her part. <laughs> but yeah, this is. I think this is when she comes into her own, and we really get to see her as as the as the, the as the bad guy, right? Like it, it it's all coming together here. Um, and I'm I'm oh gosh, I'm just enjoying this so 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 darn much. Uh, and then we cut back to to Cassian in prison under his his uh, Kif identity, and uh, again, he's just sort of living this life. Has he accepted? His new lot in life here in the in the gal in this imperial factory facility making whatever strange component this is. I'd love to know what these components are for. I mean, is this like some kind of weird part of a servo motor to an imperial ATAT? Because that would be kind of fun. But I I, I I'm just very curious about it. I, I want to know more. Tell me what this does. <laughs> Though it'd be something. It'd be really funny for for something completely. Uh, uh, just just banal and and dumb and. <laughs> Uh, you know something ridiculous that, that would actually might might actually amuse me a little bit more. Uh, but but has the question is has Cassian accepted his lot, or is he biding his time? I want to believe he's biding his time. That's what I want to believe. But again, we cut. We this is how the episode ends with, with cutting back to him hard at work in the factory trying to trying to get his menial reward, trying to get some flavor in in his uh, suck soup or whatever the hell it is that he they get him in that tube, and and. Believe it or not, he may not know it. He may feel, again, he's definitely imprisoned, but he's probably safer here than he would be at the Galaxy at Large now where he is wanted by everybody. Uh, you know, his friends want him back for a, a good reason, but the Rebellion, the Empire, they want him for other reasons uh, and, and, and very likely at the cost of his life. Now, spoilers. Cassian Andrew's not going to die in this show. <laughs> but they're doing such a great job with the tension uh, you know, they just ratchet the tension just a little bit more, like a quarter turn every episode of this series thus far, and they're 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 building it so much that you're like, you know, and you know he's not going to die, but you're like, and, and part of you is like, oh my gosh, are they going to get him? Or like, how's he going to get out of this? Like, like what's the situation going to be? And and that is a job that is that is the wonderful job that the storytellers have done on this episode. Tony Gilroy, his team of writers, again, just turning that screw ever so slightly every single episode, so that it's just more and more tension as we make our way into the storyline. Uh, it's it's mess masterful so far. I mean, you know, maybe the bottom falls out at the end, but I don't think so. And and you know, again, if we stick to our uh, uh, the supposition that we're, we're dealing with three episode arcs uh, next week could be a big one now as Cassian's friends are in, in peril. He's in peril. The galaxy's in peril. <laughs> He's also wanted, wanted, wanted. Uh, I just can't wait to see what's next. I, 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 I'm here for all that. Another stellar episode of Star Wars Andor. Uh, and I hope you all had as much fun with this one as I do. I want to put a special note out there because uh, uh, throughout the series, it's been great. But in this episode so far, I think one of the unsung heroes of the, of the show was the musical score. Uh, the score in this episode was absolutely phenomenal. And, and just like in the other episodes, again, with that quarter turn of, of tensioning, built, of, of ratcheting the tension up, uh, this one, this plays it a little bit differently. Like, it's good for the tension and the suspense, but there's also sort of like this weird 
uh, uh, like myopic sort of Blade Runner vibe in some of the scenes that is is just so different from anything else we've heard in Star Wars and, and, and sets a very uh, unique tone for many of the scenes in which the music is incorporated. So, so, to, so just, just a special note that this show is, is, is uh, just high-functioning on every single level, and uh, I don't think we could ask for anything more from a Star Wars show. So another exemplary episode of Andor is in the books. I hope you've all had a good time uh, listening to me talk about it because, hey, that's, that's why I do the show, so you all can uh, hopefully enjoy what I'm saying about the show. <laughs> All right. Another reminder to reach out to us on social media. We are at Mando underscore vision on Twitter, Instagram. Let me know you're liking the show. I, I truly appreciate those kind of like just being tagged on fun things like that. I, I truly, truly am thankful for anybody who takes the time to do that. You can also email the show long form at MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Make sure you're liking, subscribing, following, and sharing the show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. If you have the time and the inclination, five-star reviews. So, so helpful for getting the word about what we're doing over here on the podcast. And we truly, small independent shows like us really do appreciate it. So thank you so much for those of you who take the time to do that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, if you want to support the show via Patreon, you can do that. You can join Buckethead Nation. You can become a Mandovision maniac at patreon.com forward slash Mandovision. You can join up the maniacs and get access to sweet, sweet, sweet bonus content. We're cranking out crazy Halloween episodes right now on the, on the Patreon feed. So uh, hopefully you're enjoying those if you are in Buckethead Nation. Thank you to our current Patreons, the Aspinel Chody, the Batman Abejo, Jeff Nail. Jeff's got his own podcast called The Ring in Air. It's a great music show. Check it out. Thanks to Evil Circle, the evilest of all circles, the Squidmaster General Brian Broussard, the New Jersey Devil Mark Wegemer, our very own Joker and Harley Quinn, Brian and Krista of Pariah Brewing Company here. No, not here in, ba- in San Diego. They're in Baltimore, Maryland now. Exclusively in Baltimore, Maryland. The Beer Hop Brigadier General, Jesus Beer Hops, the silent assassin, he who should not be named. And Syndicate Ram, co-host of Come On Is So Good, a great movie podcast. And Reagan may be back here before you know it, too. He's fun to have around, <laughs> especially as he struggles not to swear on the show. That's the one rule we try to adhere to on Mandavision. Friend, fun for the whole family. All right, let's get the heck out of here. We'll be back next week. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I didn't even, didn't even talk about it. There will be special episode... Or episodes. I'm still deciding on the format. But yes, we have watched Tales of the Jedi on Disney+. Plus. We watched all the episodes. They were delightful. Uh, we will talk about them in some form or another in the next couple of days. My plan is currently to have that available to you on Monday. Uh, we'll probably group the episodes together a little uniquely. If you watch the show already, you might know what I mean. But... Uh, Throughout like the six or seven episodes, they follow two characters primarily. So we, we may group them together by those two characters. Uh, so it may be one episode talking about both arcs, or it may be two episodes dealing with each of those characters' episodes. So TBD, but that should be out hopefully Monday. Uh, if I can get it out sooner, I will. Don't worry about that, all right? So in the meantime, uh, let's get out of here. Let's wrap up the show. Uh, thank you all once again for listening, supporting the show, always being awesome. And... Uh, hey, you know this podcast, it can only end one way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. I find that answer vague and unconvincing. <laughs>